We've been in a series on the I am passages of John's gospel, and we will conclude that today. Uh, and these, these statements where Jesus says, I am, they are, he is declaring his divinity, he's e- declaring his eternal existence, equating him with God, who revealed himself in the Old Testament to Moses as the I am. When Moses saw the burning bush and his commission to uh, lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, Moses asked him, who shall I say sent me? And from the burning bush, the Lord spoke and said, tell them, I am sent you. And so in John's gospel, when, when Jesus makes these I am declarations, he's equating himself to the I am of the burning bush experience of Moses, uh, which was evident when Jesus says, before Abraham was I am, at that point the people took up stones and wanted to stone Jesus because there was no doubt of what Jesus was saying. They heard it as he was saying he was the same as the God of the burning bush of Moses. And so we looked at other passages uh, where Jesus says, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the light of the world, and I am the true vine. And today we have one more, one final one. Remember what that one was? At least you were paying attention. (laughs) And it's a good thing, too. So we will look at the passage of scripture. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And at the conclusion of the message, we will receive Holy Communion, which we are reminded in communion of a number of things. But one of those is that Jesus is our bread of life. So Lord, now as we turn to your word, we pray your blessing upon these next moments together as we read your word, as I... I share my heart on some of these verses and pray, Lord, that you would speak to us. Reveal to us more and more how you are the great I am and you are our bread of life. So bless these next moments together. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be in John chapter 6. John chapter 6, beginning at verse 30. And then we're going to read through verse 35, and then we're going to skip some verses for the sake of time, and then we're going to be looking at verses 41 through 59 as we read those verses. So beginning at verse 30, it says, Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then that that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Verse 32, then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. 
He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. And then going down to verse 41. Then the Jews murmured against him because he said, I am the bread of life which came down from heaven. And they said, is, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How, how is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. As it is written in the prophets, And they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever, and the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Uh, continuing on. Then the Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate, the manna and are dead, he who eats this bread will live forever. And he said, and these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. A lot of stuff in there, and this, there's actually a number of sermons in there, but I'm going to kind of compact it down for today. But in this passage, Jesus declares that, he says, I am the bread of life. Jesus made this statement the day after he fed the 5,000, or as Matthew records it, 5,000 men besides the women and children. This is the next day where Jesus says, I am the bread of life, is the day after he fed the 5,000 with five loaves and a couple of fish. So bread is fresh in the mind of people. This miracle of the multiplying of the bread is fresh in their mind. And so, the miracle of one day becomes the message of the following day. Fed all these people with a little kid's lunch. And Jesus uses that now to bring a teaching to them about the real bread. The real bread isn't the miracle of feeding the 5,000. I mean, that is, you know, beyond comprehension. 
how that happened. But the real bread is the bread which came down from heaven, who Jesus says was himself. It's not about the bread. It's about the bread. The bread from heaven. So the miracle of one day led to a message the following day. You've had miracles in your life. Turn that into a message. Turn your miracles into a message. Draw people to Jesus because of the message of your miracle. So a large crowd gathered around Jesus on this day after the multiplying of the loaves and fishes. But it wasn't because they were intrigued by the great miracle of the day before or the great teaching that they heard, but because he fed them. They got their belly full. That's why they're following Jesus. What can we get now? We got bread and fish yesterday. What are we going to get from Jesus today? Jesus said earlier in this chapter, in verse 26, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. That's why you're following me today. Not because you saw this great miracle. You're following me today simply because you ate and were filled. You might say these were uh, what's in it for me, followers of Jesus. Don't be one of those, because it's not about you. It's about him. There are those who seemingly take an interest in the things of Jesus, but when the Christian life doesn't go as expected, or a prayer doesn't get answered the way they had hoped, or they don't get what they want from God, or a Christian let them down, they stop following Jesus. What's in it for me? Well, that person was a follower of Jesus and they, they let me down. Yeah? Welcome to life. <laughs> well, I prayed and I didn't get what I wanted. Thank God it would have destroyed you. This Christian life isn't going how I expected it to go. How did you expect it to go? It comes with trials and tribulations and difficulties and frustrations and people rejecting you. That's the Christian life. Christian life isn't this big bless me club, although there are blessings for those who follow Jesus, but those blessings come from God. You know, if we get this picture of the Christian life of being one thing, maybe that picture that was painted for us was the wrong picture. We don't follow Jesus because of this pretty picture that we've imagined the Christian life to be. We follow Jesus because he's worthy. Because God is worthy, we follow him. And when we truly follow him, he will bless us. But even if he doesn't bless us, it's not about the blessing. It's about following him because he's truly worthy. He is the Lord. He is God, the creator. 
That's why we surrender our lives to him, because he is God and we are not. Jesus was talking to people, many of whom were following him only because they were getting something from him. Have you ever been hungry and you didn't know what you wanted to eat? You know, I'm hungry, but man, I, I, I just don't know what I want. What, what do I want? You open the refrigerator and just kind of look in and... No, I don't know what I want. You look in the cupboards. uh, Man, I want something. I just don't know what it is. And you go back to the refrigerator. There you go. Head head to Teal's. And you walk around there. You walk around the deli counter. And, you know, that chicken looks pretty good. Uh, Oh, and those potato wedges. I don't know what I want. You had the Dairy Queen. See, that's how it is with people's spiritual lives. People are hungry for something, and they don't know what it is. They have this hunger, and so they try this. They try, well... Maybe it's found in booze. Maybe it's found in drugs. Maybe it's found in a, a new relationship. Maybe it's found in this excitement. Maybe it's found there. And it just doesn't satisfy. We're hungry for something and we just don't know what it is. So we try All kinds of things that don't satisfy. We settle for the counterfeit when Jesus offers us the true. What satisfies is the bread of life. That's the hunger people have That drives them to try all kinds of things. And it seems like some people go out of their way to avoid the bread of life. Maybe maybe it goes back to somebody professing Christianity left a bad example. Well, if that's what the bread of life leads to, I don't want that. why it's so important for us to live a life that is pleasing to God, live a life that sets the good example of what it is to be a follower of Jesus. So when people look at us, they see Jesus living in us. And if they see Jesus living in in us, it's easier for them to come to Jesus than if they look at us and don't see Jesus living in us. As we saw, was it last week, where Jesus says, I am the light of the world? But then Jesus ascended into heaven, 
and in the Sermon on the Mount, he says to those who are followers of his, you are the light of the world. So it's important for us to let the light of Jesus shine through us. People need to see the light of Jesus, and if they don't see it through us, who are they going to see it through? That people are hungry for the bread of life. You've probably heard it said, everyone has this Jesus-shaped void within them. And nothing else fills that Jesus-shaped void because it's a different shape. Only Jesus can fill the Jesus-shaped void that's within each, one, each and every one of us. The bread of life can fill that void. The bread of life can satisfy that hunger. Jesus is the bread of life. As the bread of life, he's not snack food. He's not junk food. He's not a light lunch. He's a feast that will satisfy. I think far too many people have Jesus on the side for a little, uh, a little snack now and then when it's convenient. Jesus don't want to be a snack in your life. He wants to be the feast that fills you to the full. Too often, too many people are content with just a sample of Jesus. We're invited in Psalm 34, verse 8, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, when you go to, uh, go to a store, you know, Costco is great for this, the samples, you know. I mean, some, some days you can go and you can kind of graze your way through Costco. You know. well, I'm going to Costco for lunch today, just, just working off the samples. But see, the idea of the sample is to convince you to buy the whole product. If I give you this sample, and if you taste and see that it is good, you'll want to buy the product. So the Lord invites us, taste and see that I am good, in the hopes that we will buy the product. It's not about the taste. It's not about the sample. It's about the product. And if we would just taste and see that the Lord is good, we would want all that we can get. And Isaiah, it says, come, come, come by and eat. It doesn't cost you any money. Just come, come to the Lord.
partake of him. See, when we get a true taste of the bread of life, we want all that we can get. Don't be content with just the sample. You know, as Justin was down here praying, more, Lord, more, Lord. That's what it's like after you get the sample. You want more. Lord, I want more. The sample is great. I want all I can get. I want more, Lord. I want more of you. More of you, Lord. The people spoke of the manna that their ancestors ate in the wilderness. And Jesus used that as a springboard, as an opportunity to speak of the true bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So as Jesus spoke about this this true bread, this bread that will give life to the world, the people said in verse 34, Lord... Give us this bread always. Bread that's going to give life? Oh, count me in. I want it. I'm in. At this point, Jesus responds, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Verse 35 of John 6. See, even as the people were fed in the wilderness with the manna from heaven. It wasn't about the manna. The manna just pointed to the coming Savior, the coming Messiah, who would be the true bread of life. Sure, the manna satisfied them on a daily basis. The next day they'd have to gather up manna again so they'd have enough for that day. And then on the day before the Sabbath, they'd gather up twice as much because they couldn't work, couldn't gather on on the Sabbath. But that manna points to Jesus. That manna was a type, a type of Jesus that, that would be fulfilled when Jesus came, when Jesus came and made the declaration that I am the bread of life come down from heaven. Yeah, the manna came down from heaven, but I came down from heaven. The true bread is he who the Father has sent. Me. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. This bread is food which endures to everlasting life, it says in verse 27. So the benefits of feasting on the bread of life, not just snacking now and then, but feasting on the bread of life is, uh, one benefit is everlasting life. We feast on Jesus, we have everlasting life. We have satisfied hunger, we have quenched thirst. That hunger, that thirsting that so many people have in their life, something's missing, there's this void, there's this emptiness. Jesus is the one to fill that. Feasting on the bread of life is experiencing peace with God. It's experiencing his grace, his mercy, his love, his joy. That's what feasting on the bread of life benefits us. 
And this comes from a regular diet of the bread of life. It's not just a one-time thing and it all is good for the rest of eternity. It's a constant feeding. We come, uh, we come to the bread of life regularly. And how do we partake of this great feast? Jesus says, I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread I give is my flesh that I give for the life of the world. Jesus is speaking of giving his life in order that we might have life. And the key to partaking of the bread of life is found in the words of verse 35. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Coming to Jesus in true faith is how we partake of him. That's how we partake of him. And this isn't a one-time event, but a daily event. And even throughout the day, we partake of Jesus by faith. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray, give us this day our daily bread. And sure, it's it's a prayer that deals with our, our physical daily needs, but our daily bread is also Jesus who satisfies our spiritual needs. We need our physical needs met. We need our spiritual needs met. And Jesus, the bread of life, is the answer to that, that need. When we do this regularly, we will never hunger. We will never thirst. We also partake of the bread of life, at least in some way, when we partake of Holy Communion. Now some say when Jesus talks about eating his flesh and drinking his blood there in John chapter 6, he's talking about communion. But you see, communion hadn't been given to the disciples yet. So he's not really talking about communion in that I am the bread of life passage because communion hadn't been given yet. Because Jesus gave communion to the disciples, to the church, to us at the end of his earthly ministry. The bread of life passage in John chapter 6 is earlier in his ministry. Though his teaching about him being the bread of life doesn't specifically point to Holy Communion, I believe Holy Communion, at least to some extent, points to Jesus being the bread of life. We have to be reminded when we, when we take the bread. You know, we remember a number of things. We remember his sacrifice, that his body was broken his blood was shed, and that's, that's the primary thing that we remember, we call to mind when we partake of Holy Communion, the sacrifice he made for us. But it's hard not to think of him being the bread of life when we partake of the bread. You see, communion is a more tangible, a more tangible way of remembering than just this vague out here up in the air somewhere remembrance. It's something we can hold, something we can feel, something we can taste. 
See, I can tell you, yeah, I'm going away. Remember me when I'm gone. Or I can give you something real, something tangible, something touchable to remember me by. I could give you a photograph of me <laughs> and say, whenever you see this, remember me. And when, when we see that, oh, that's Pastor Steve. Well, it's not Pastor Steve, but it's Pastor Steve in that picture. In the same way as that photograph would point to me, and there'd be no doubt who the picture is of, in the same way when Jesus gave us Holy Communion, he says, when you do this, think of me, something real, something tangible. Of course, the bread and the cup are not Jesus in the same way as that photograph is not me, but yet there's no doubt when Jesus says, this is my body, do this in remembrance of me, this is my blood, Do this in remembrance of me. It's, it's like the photograph that Jesus gave us to remember him. So the communion service is something real, something tangible to remember Jesus by. He gave us communion. So similarly, when you look at a photograph and think that's Pastor Steve, you can come to the communion table, look at the bread and cup, and think, that's Jesus. Oh, what wonderful things he has done for me. He is my bread of life. He gave his life that I might live. He satisfies my hunger and quenches my thirst. Communion, very real, very tangible. We can feel it, we can taste it. It's all in the communion service. So we can have the uh, worship team come. And as we come to the communion table this morning, remember that Jesus is the bread of life. Now, I hope this doesn't sound too corny. But as the bread of life, Jesus is the real wonder bread. He's better than all natural. He's supernatural. And the really great thing is he's filled with preservatives. A regular diet of the bread of life will preserve you from spiritual hunger and thirst. It'll preserve you from the power and penalty of sin. It'll preserve you from falling away from God. It'll preserve you from eternal death and hell. Now that's the true bread from heaven. I want my bread with preservatives, at least when it's, when it's the bread of life. The wonder bread, the, the uh, supernatural bread, the bread filled with preservatives for my spiritual walk with him. 
So as the worship team uh, leads us in a song, you can come on up, take a cup, take a piece of the bread, find a place to stand up here when we've all got, it, got the elements in our hands, we'll partake together. Uh, you're all invited to come, come to the table. Uh, you don't need to be a member of Lighthouse or a member of the Assemblies of God. We have kind of an open communion here because Jesus invites everyone to his table. And so, uh, as they sing, you come on up and we'll pray and then we'll uh, probably sing another song afterwards and then we'll be done for today.
that uh, passage out of Isaiah, Isaiah 51, or Isaiah 55, beginning at verse 1. It says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good. And let your soul delight itself in abundance. The invitation and at the, uh, the little heading above this chapter says, the, the Messiah's invitation to the world to come to him. Come by and eat. It doesn't cost you any money. Just come by faith that you might partake of, of that which satisfies. In Matthew's gospel... This is Matthew's account of the institution of the Lord's Supper. Matthew 26, beginning at verse 26, says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus is giving us the photograph, so to speak, to remember him by. We remember his broken body, his shed blood. But we remember also that he is the bread of life. He is the source of our life. He satisfies, he quenches, he fills us. And so, Lord, as we have come forward now, as we hold the photograph that you've given to us, the, the bread and the cup. I pray your blessing upon this congregation as we call to mind that you are the bread of life that gave your life that we might live, that your body was broken, that ours might be made whole, your blood was shed, that our sins might be washed white as snow. Blessings on these communion elements now I ask it in Jesus name let's partake together of the token of the Lord's body the bread and let us partake together of the cup which represents the Lord's blood that was shed for us Thank you, Lord. O bread of life, we just rejoice. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Now, over the past few weeks, 
we've seen Jesus declare, before Abraham was, I am. We've seen him declare, I am the door, I am the good shepherd, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the light of the world, I am the true vine, I am the bread of life. Live your life for him who is not the used to be or the I will be sometime in the future, but him who declared I am the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the Lord Jesus Christ, the great I am. Amen.
Amen. Whenever you feel alone or abandoned or nobody's around and you just, who cares, you know? Who's with me? Just hear Jesus speaking to you. I am. I am. Who can I depend on? Where can I go? Who, who, who's with me in my hard times? Jesus says, I am. I am. I am. So you go with the great I am today. Take him with you. He takes you with him. And may the blessing of this great I am be upon you. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He is the I am and he's with you now and forevermore. So blessings be upon you. Have a great, great day, a great, great week. Uh, remember, next Sunday will be the last day to bring your socks for the socks box for the Community Connect. Please, uh, please pick up some socks. Or if you prefer to make a cash donation, I will go sock shopping for you. And so if that's easier, that's fine. So God bless you. Have a great, great day. Remember the shower for Natalie immediately.